Okay, let's get started with this year's Parsha's Nasso, Tavshin Ayin Vav. And we will begin this uh, longest Parsha, most Psukim, 176 Psukim. We are still in the weeks where B'nai Eretz Yisrael, we are a week ahead. So this is the Parsha before Shavuos for those of us in B'nai Eretz Yisrael. And those in Chutz Laaretz, it is the Shabbos after Shavuos. Either way, we start off with the beginning. Parshas Naso, the Torah starts off by Dabar Shemo Shalemar, Naso as Rosh Bene Gershon Gamheim. Count, Naso, the Bene Gershon Gamheim, also them, Lavesavosan Lamishbachosa. The Latorah Valamoadim, Rev Zevin points out that we know that this is really a continuation of the end of the previous Parsha, where all three of the families of Levi, the three families of Levi are counted, are lifted up. Gershon, Kahas, and Merari. But if you look very closely, and they each are given the different jobs that they do, but if we look closely at the Psukkim, there's a slight difference between how the Torah formulates the Gershon Pasik, the Kahas, and the Merari. Well, let's start where we the Parsha starts. Naso is Rosh B'nei Gershon. By Gershon it says, Gamheim, also them, also them, as if like they're secondary. Also count them. That's by Gershon. But if you look in the previous section, by Kahas, what does the Torah say there when the Torah talks about counting Kahas? The Torah says, There's no Gam. There's no Also. As if Kahas is like the main. And here we have Also them. And also, if you look a few Pesukim later in our Parsha, it doesn't even say Naso by Merari. All it says, B'nai Merari l'mishpachosam. And it goes through them. It says of Zevin, what's the message? We know every letter, every word of the Torah is meant to teach us something. Why? By Kahas it says Naso. By, by um, Gershon it says Gamheim. And by Merari it doesn't even say anything. Says Rav Zevin, right here in source number one, La Torah v'lamoadim. See where it's underlined on line three. Nimsa sheikar nesias roshu b'menei kahas. That's the ikar counting. Those were the ones who carried the most special kalim. Uvenim gershon amnam yishin nesias rosh. They're counted. Avalobataras ikar. They're not major, right? They're the secondary. And b'nei merari are not. What's the symbolism? Says Rav Zevin. Line six. Kochos haadam umidosav rabim v'shonim heim. We have so many elements to our personality. There's so much that make that that make us who we are. We have drives, we have we have talents, we have abilities, we have so much that we use. We can't just focus on one mida, one part of our personality, and that's all that we're gonna do, and the rest is, you know, I'm gonna be a great Baal Chesed. But I'm also going to steal, and I'm also not going to be nice here, and I'm going to do this, and that. I'm going to do this area, and then the rest I'm just going to let my drives and my Yitzhahara take over me. That's not what, that's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. In Befivlo Mashal, Yedabar Dvarim Tovim, if, for example, with a person's mouth, he says great things, but with his hands, he acts negatively, or, Chesed, I love Hashem, I love people. But I'm also somebody who always gets angry and argumentative. So that's not what life's about. Life is about gathering all of the elements of our personality and serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu with them on all levels. 
Our job is to gather all of our kochos and all of our midos and to use them to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is the ultimate. Stage one, let's call it. What if we can't do that? What if we're not on the level of uh, using everything? If we can't do that, there's a second level. Use certain kochos for the good and the ones that you can't, at least let them be neutral. Let them not be used for bad. Let them not be used for wrong. I'll call upon him a love. At least we'll use some for the tov and some not for the ra. Have the ase tov, even if we can't use everything for tov, but at least have the surme ra relating to the other talents. I'll call upon him a love legarish hara mi kirbo. That's the second level. Obviously, the lowest level is when we're using some of our kochos for the negative. Says of Zevin, now let's go back to the psukim. The families, Gershon, Kahas, and Merari are really referring to these three levels of being. First of all, we have Kahas. Kahas elsewhere. He quotes Psukim. Velo Yekas Amim. Kahas could be gathered together. Kahas Amim means a gathering of nations. You know, Kahas, that symbolizes the highest level. The gathering of all of our kochos, of all of our abilities and talents, serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu with... That's kahas. You know what the Torah says? Not so. Count that one. That's the ikr. That's the main one that needs to be counted when we're on the level of using everything Hashem gives us in order to serve Him. Wine 17. Shema asfim umachansim is kol kochos nafsham. We use everything to serve Hashem. That's why kahas is not so. What's the second level? Gersho. What does legaresh mean? Lagaresh means to divorce, to separate, to push aside. We can't use every koach of ours for the good, but at least we can use some for the good and some we could at least be megaresh the bad. Sur meira. That's gershon. What does the Pazak say by gershon? Gamim. That's also okay. That's also second best. It's not the best, the kahas, the gathering together of all the kochos, but it's the second best. Zetov also. Finally, though, what if Rahman al Islam were not on the level? We're still at a time where Yetzahara is getting the best of us, and in some areas, we're using Yelara. In some areas, we're not on that level. So that's Marari, that's Mar, that's bitter. Right? That's the negative. But it says at least they're also Jews that are counted. Why are they still counted? Because Mar, they still feel bad about it. They still fear mar. If we're ever at the stage where we're using something negatively and we don't feel bad about it and we don't feel bitter, that's when we have to start worrying. And maybe we won't be counted. But those are the three types of Jews, says Rav Zevin. The kahas, the highest level, where we gather all of our kochos to serve our Kodesh Baruch Hu for the good. Gershon, where we use some, but we're megaresh, some of the others, at least not to use for the negative. And Merari, where it's mar, where it's bitter, but it is still counted as long as we hope to do better. Okay, that gets us started tonight, and Rav Zevin always is a good place to begin. Let's continue now. Parak Hay, after the countings, Pasuk Vav. Very famous mitzvah that is discussed here that we've touched on in other shiurim, but uh, let's come back to it now. We usually talk about it at Rosh Hashanah time, but uh, it is Parshas Naso, so it belongs right here. Says the Torah, Parak Hay. Send out Shiluach of the Tmeim, and then Pasik Hey, this is where we'll really start. Hey, hey. Ish Oisha. 
If anybody ever sins, and we feel bad about it, what do we do? We have the mitzvah called, we have to confess. Part of the mitzvah of tshuva is vidui. And obviously, if we stole something, we have to return what we stole. In certain contexts, we have to add on a little bit. Good. This pasik, pasik zayin, is the source for the concept called vidui. Vidui chatoim. And this, of course, is the Rambam in the beginning of Ilchus Tshuva. In source number two, the Rambam tells us, Kol mitzvah sheba Torah, bein asei, bein losa asei. Every mitzvah, 248, 365, asseis and losa asseis. Im adam mehen, If I didn't do something, or I did do something, I violated, or I didn't, didn't put on tefillin, didn't daven, didn't do a mitzvah asseis, or if I violated, rachman al-itzlan, but, says the Rambam, Kishayasit Shuva, the Yashuv Mecheto, when we do Shuva and repent, Chayav Lehisvados, Lefnei Akel Barachu, we have to be Mizvadeh, we have to do Vidui, we have to say it verbally, Shenemar, as the Pazit says, where's the Mitzvah Vidui? Right here, Pashas Naso. Ish O Ishaki Yasumi Kochatos Adam Lemomal Bashem. And the Rambam continues, Kesa Mitzvadeh, what is Vidui? Three parts to Vidui, the Rambam has. Omer, Ana Hashem, Chatas Yavisi, Pashati Lefanecha, Viasidi Kach Number one, saying what we did. Number two, Nichamti Uboshti B'Masai, feeling bad about what I did. And number three, Ula'ola Meni Chosil Adavarzeh, Kabbalah Al Ha'asid, accepting on the future that I'm not going to do it again. Saying I'm sorry, feeling bad about what I did, right? Each of them are separate. Sometimes a child can be forced by his parents to say I'm sorry, even though he does not feel bad about it. He's just saying it. So you can have the saying it without the feeling bad and without accepting for the future. Those are the three parts of the Wavitri. And there is a well-known discussion that is, again, generally had Rosh Hashanah Kippur time, and that is the Rambam here clearly has tshuva as the background to the mitzvah of Vidui. When one does tshuva, then one needs to do vidui. Asks everyone. Ask the Menchas Chinuch. Ask all the Mepharshim on the Rambam. Why doesn't the Rambam just say there's a mitzvah to do vidui? Mitzvah to do, uh, do tshuva. That's nowhere in the Rambam. It doesn't say that. That's a kasha on the Rambam that many ask. Why is, doesn't the Rambam count the mitzvah of tshuva? There are psukim that he could count. There's a towards the end of the Torah that the Ramban uses to count for the mitzvah of tshuva, right? V'shavta Hashem alokecha. There's a pesukim that the Ramban could find. Ki a mitzvah hazos lo neflesi mimchav lo rechokahi pesukim in itzavim vayelech, which the Ramban assumes is tshuva. The Rambam does not. Why doesn't the Rambam count the mitzvah of tshuva? He only counts the mitzvah of vidui. That is a question that is asked by many. So let's review one of the answers to that question. Maybe the most simple, straightforward, hitting it on the mark answer from the Meshachachma. The Meshachachma, or Meir Simcha, in source number three, writes, on the passage towards the end of the Torah, Niskashu Rabin Bazet. Right? Many are bothered. Amailo Moala Tshuva. Where's Tshuva? He's not asking exactly our question, but this is his answer. Vinis Bonain. Let's think about this for a minute. Such a logical, sharp answer, says Meir Simcha. Vinis Bonain. The shame tshuva kfima shemora shma. What does the word tshuva mean? To return. Right, that's what it means to we translate it as repent, but it really means to return. Ech nechsheves le mitzvah 
How is it a mitzvah when I stop doing the Avera? Let's say before I do an Avera, the Torah says I'm not allowed to be Machal Shabbos. So then I'm Machal Shabbos. So now what? I have to stop being Machal Shabbos. Why? Because the Torah says there's a mitzvah of tshuva? Says the Meshach no. You know why I have, to, I have to stop being Machal Shabbos? The same Avera that existed before the first time I was Machal Shabbos, the Torah says don't be Machal Shabbos. That same Avera says that if I am being Machal Shabbos, I need to stop. You don't need a mitzvah of tshuva to tell me to stop doing an Avera. Every Avera inherent in the Avera, don't do it the first time, don't do it the second time, don't do it the third time. That can't, it can't be, a, what do you need a separate mitzvah of tshuva for? The 365 losa says have built into them the Avera of not doing it a second time. For halo below a mitzvah, even without tshuva, mitzvah v'yomed l'beli la'avar al-mitzvah z'ashem yisbarach. Right, the same Avera. Because I violated all of a sudden it's mutter, and now the Torah has to say, oh, you have to stop, tshuva. No, you don't need a new mitzvah to stop. Right, the same first, the same the first time, the same the second time. Hine, line six. The same warning, the same iser that told me not to do the chait beforehand. So what's tshuva? What do you need a mitzvah tshuva for? Ah, you know what you need a mitzvah tshuva for? Feeling bad about it and stopping is not enough. There's a mitzvah called vidui. There's a mitzvah of verbalizing it. Why is it so hard for us to say I'm sorry? Even if we feel bad about something. But to say those words, for a parent to get a child to say I'm sorry, it's, so, it's like pulling teeth. It's so hard, but even we have to think about it even as we get older. For adults, we know we did something wrong, sometimes we feel bad. But to go over, to pick up the phone, you know, and, and it's like, okay, I'll send an email, but I'm not calling. Why? Because it's too hard for us to pick up the phone and call. Because that's, that's a real connection. That's a real, I'm going to be embarrassed. I'll send an email. The olden days it was, I hope the answering machine picks up. Because you don't really want to talk to the person. But now, I'll send an email. You know what? If you have to say I'm sorry, don't do it by email. That's what the Torah is telling us. There's something called vidui. There's something called, it's part and parcel. You don't need the Torah to tell us to do tshuva. Because part of every avera is not to do it again. But you need the Torah to tell us, go beyond feeling bad. Say it. Verbalize that you feel bad about it. And verbalize that you're not going to do it again. That's the Rambam's extra, says the Meshachachma. Line 11. Amna mitzvah sachuva. Asher alzeh tzorach mitzvah pratis. We need a specific mitzvah. Hushim chata v'ozei v'scheto. Mitzvah lezvado. Zulagid. You have to say it. Ki yodea ba'atmo shechato mavakish kapara. Says the Meshachachma. And out of all the answers, that one is just so smooth and straightforward. Of course, you don't need a mitzvah of tshuva, but you need the extra step, the concept of vidui. So again, that's something that we have to remember. As we know, this week is Shavuos, whether we're listening to this year before or after Shavuos. We know Moshe Rabbeinu was on our Sinai for 120 days from Shavuos until Yom Kippur. So Shavuos is a 120-day countdown to Yom Kippur. So if we need to get in the mood, so hopefully this Meshachachma gets us a little in the mood already for the Yavim Norayim. Okay, let's move. Keep moving right along. The large aliyah that we have right here in the middle of Naso has in it the two major discussions of Nazir and Sota. Nazir and Sota play a major role here. What is the connection? Why does the Torah put these together? So as we know, Perik Vav, Pasig Beis, 
where the Torah starts talking about the mitzvah of Nazir, by Dabar Shalom Shalimar. Dabeo b'nei Yisrael v'yamartalehem. Ish o isha, ki afli lindar neder Nazir. Bazir l'ashem. Rashi quotes Chazal. Why are Nazir and Sota put together in the Torah Shebech Sav, followed by, as we know, in Torah Shebaal Peh? Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, when he put together the Mishnayis, he also put Nazir and Sota next to each other. In the middle of Yavam, in the middle of the Seder Nashim. Yavam is Ksubis Nadarim, Nazir, Sota, Gitin Kiddushin. Right, what's Nazir doing there? For example, if you look in the Rambam, the Rambam in Sefer Hafla'ah, where he talks about halachas of expressions, he takes Nazir out of Nashim. What does he have in Afla? Shvuas Nadarim, Nazirus, and Arachin, which is all about halachas, about things that we do when we verbalize a promise, an oath. But the Torah puts them together. That's Chazal's question. What is the connection between a Nazir and Sota? Says Rashi. What is the connection? Quoting Chazal. Lo menisvach ha-parshas Nazir ha-parshas Sota. Lo ma'ar to teach me. Shekal ha-roa Sota kula. If somebody sees what happens to Anisha Sota... Somebody's watching in the base of Migdash and they see what happens. Yazir Atzmom and He will become a Nazir. He sees what wine so much, so many, so often Giliarias is a result of drinking too much wine, right? Not being in a proper state. So somebody sees what happens to Anisha Sota, they will become a Nazir. Because that comes to, that comes to Neif. That's the Chazal. Asks Rav Shach. Source number four, Asks Rav Shach. I understand why, and this is a Roshach that we can take with us, literally, as we'll see what we mean. Says Roshach, we understand that a Sota process should affect the person that's watching, but why to the extreme of becoming a Nazir? Why doesn't Chazal say, if you see what happens to a Sota, you're not going to come to Gilead Rives. You're not going to do anything wrong anymore. Why does the Torah Dafka say, if you witness a Sota process then that will lead you and should lead you to accept Naziris. Why is that the what's brought? Im ain die, line source number four now, from the Sefer Lehisani Vesanugim. Ha'im ain dai bereiyas on shachamr shal sota. It's not enough just to see the sota. Bechdelem noah osomilachto. Why does he have to take upon himself Naziris? Says of shach a yisod gadol. So important in life for us. Ela bo chazal amenu yisod chashuv. And we've discussed this in other contexts. Often we have moments of inspiration. Often we feel something, we're like, oh, I have to do this. I'm going to do this. I want to do this. But then an hour later, we don't feel it anymore. And the feeling dissipated. And it's no longer. And we start second-guessing ourselves. Do we really, do I really want to do that? Do I, am I, maybe not, do I really need to do that? All of a sudden, it's wearing off. All of a sudden, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we're like, awesome, inspired. Comes the week after Sukkot, maybe, maybe what I was thinking then, I don't need to do it, I'm okay. Says Rav Shach, you know what Chazal is telling us? You're inspired, do something about it. Accept something about it. It doesn't mean that nowadays we have to accept being a Nazir. We should not become Nazir, a Nazir or a Nazira today, because you can't get out of being a Nazir today. Because, no Karbanas. So, but at least in our own sense, says Rav Shach, you feel a moment of inspiration, act upon it. Do something about it. Chazal amdenu yisod chashuv. He writes, Shim Adam eno kovei alatzmo gedarim umishveres. If when we want to do something, when we feel it, we don't accept upon ourselves something, some fence lo yo ilo o his rashmuyos o zazuim, then the effect is not going to last. 
You can see a sota bikilkula. If you don't have a kabbalah, it's not going to last. Ubishashi yitzkafeo yitzra ra ar yitzahara knows when to start up with us. Right? The yitzahara doesn't start up with us at the moment of inspiration. He'll wait a few minutes. He'll wait a half an hour, and then he'll attack. He'll say, okay, right now, let me get... That's why, says Rav Shach, don't just feel in awe. Don't feel awestruck, but really do something. And then he says, Right before the Nisoyen comes, when I feel the moment, I make the decision and I put something into place. And then he quotes a story that uh, I think we've mentioned in other shiurim. And that is from Rav Dessler. In source number five, now on the next page, Rav Dessler, they say, was a serious smoker at a time before they knew any of the dangers of smoking. Rav Dessler, the great uh, Rosh Hashiva in Panovich, and in, uh, first in, in England, in Gateshead, and then in, and then in Panovich, uh, towards the end of his life. So Rav Dessler and the Bichlam when he when it started coming out that there was all this danger, so he was inspired to stop at that moment. But how could he do it? It's hard. It's hard to stop a bad habit, right? Whether it's a an addiction physically or a halachically bad bad habit. So if Desler said, what did he do? So you know what he did? He started telling everybody that walked into his office that day, guess what? I stopped smoking. Guess what? Every single person that came, that he met that day, he said it. You know why? Because that was his putting something into place. After he told, told 30 people he wasn't going to continue. And he writes, there were a few days that they were very difficult for him. But once he did that, that was it. Kishalu al They asked him, why are you telling everybody? He says, It's very hard to stop a bad habit. Many people stop and then start again. I thought of a great strategy. Thought of a great strategy to help me stop my, my smoking issue. If I tell everybody, if I publicize and I stop that person it's it'll be so uncomfortable for me, uncomfortable for me to then keep smoking. So you know what? I told everybody, and that's how it worked. That's the story that I've heard, and that's what he quotes. He quotes a couple of extra P.S. lines, which uh, wasn't in all of the uh, versions of the story, that after many years later, he was mishtati v'nesunas mitzvah, and somebody, I don't know, I wouldn't call him an evil person, but somebody who did not have a good idea said, you know what, remember those days, you want one? You want one? And who Hunatzla, he says, it's just one, and he fell back into it. After he took one, and then he had to stop again. But she shows you the danger of even just one in that regard. That's a separate uh, musr for us. But either way, the message being, Yazar Atzmom and Ayayin. When we have a moment of inspiration, like the Isha Sota and the Gemara, the, the Chazal tell us, and Rav Shach expands upon it, we have to act upon it. We can't just leave it as a feeling, as something that we know we should do. We need to do something. We need to do something actively. Okay. Moving right along. For really the next part of the Shia, and really for the rest of the Shia, we're going to be focusing on a very small section in the Parsha, but a powerful section. And that is Berchas Kohanim. Berchas Kohanim we have right before the Nesim, at the end of the Perek Vav, Vayidaber Hashem HaMoshe Leymar. Daber Aaron Vabanav Leymar, tell Aaron and his children. 
So you shall bless B'nai Yisrael. Amor lahem, say to them. Every word is darshan by Chazal and Masechah to teach me a halacha of, of uh, Berchaz Kohanim. We'll try to pick out a few of the messages. First, let's focus on the first word. The first word in this section. Hashem tells Moshe to tell Aaron, Ko Sevarchu. What is Ko? So simply, you might just say, this, Ko Sevarchu, this is what you should say. Ko Sevarchu is B'nai Yisrael. This is what you should say to B'nai Yisrael. Right, and if you look in Onkelis, Onkelis says that. It's always good. One wants to know what a word means, to look in Onkelis. Uncle is one of the greats, right? The nephew of Titus, the Gemara discusses, the convert who gave us the Targum, the power of the Targum. Like this. That's the Pashtus, right? Ko means like this. But if you look in the Rabbeinu Bachai and a couple of other sources that we will do, the word Ko is a magical word. Maybe it connects to other places in the Torah where it says the word Ko. Or it means something here. Let's see first the words of Rabbeinu Bachai, one of the great Rishonim. Says the Rabbeinu Bachai, source number six. Kosovarach was B'nai Yisrael. Al-Darach HaPshat. The simple understanding, as we just said. Ke'inyin zet tavarchu. Like this, tavarchu, this is what you should say. V'chein v'chosase lahem l'taharam. And so too, this, like it says elsewhere, this is what you should do. Right, this is what you should uh, do. V'al-Darach HaMedrish. But then he quotes a medrish. Related to Kosovarchu. Not a popular medrash. Let's see what he says. Fascinating. The Alderecha medrash Kosovarchu. Ko is Gematria 25. As we know. Maser lohem HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaBrachos LaKohanim Bimatana. Hashem gives the power of blessing to the Kohanim. As a gift. Sheyehei koach biadam levareches Yisrael. So they will have the power to give a bracha to Klal Yisrael. So what's 25? What's ko? Ulefi she'asid lemsarlohem arba'a ve'esra matnas kahuna. We know from Gemara, there's end of Pesachas Baba Kama and elsewhere. There are 24 gifts that the Kohen gets. They're known as the Chavdal matnas kahuna. Shruma, Shumas Meiser, Bikurim, Chala. There are tons of matanas that a Kohen gets. Right? Karbanos, Chazeh, Zorol HaChaim HaKeva, Chazeh V'Shog. Go the whole list of of uh, of Matanos that a Kohen gets, there are 24 of them. That's what Chazal tell us. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, Ko, this is number 25. The power to give the bracha to Klal Yisrael, that's gift number 25 for the Kohanim. Klomar, Levisha Asid, right? Imzu, Heimesrim Vachamisha, Lukachizker, Lashanazet, Kosavarchu, Klomar, Imbirchas Kohanim, Heimesrim Vachamisha. 25. Okay, and then he quotes Chazal, Kosovarcho, like this, but he has Kapayim, with outstretched hands, Balashana Kodesh in Hebrew, Bamita standing, Bakal Ram, all the Hawachas. But let's focus on this one, Rabbeinu Bachai. This is the 25th gift that a Kohen gets. Besides the Truma and the Truma's Meiser and all the other ones, he gets the Koach Habracha. Asks the Shemanatov, or by Weinberger, in the second volume, or in the fifth volume, I think this is, in source number seven. Quotes Rabbeinu Bachai and says, all the other matanos are gifts that they get. This is a gift that they're giving. How is this gift? Gift is something that you get. This isn't a gift that the Kohanim are getting. They're getting the ability to give a bracha to Klal Yisrael. 
So how is that called something that they're getting? It's something that they're giving. Ask the Shemanatov, line five, after quoting Rabbeinu Bachai, the Hadavar Lachora, Pele. It's a Pele. It's a wonder. To call Shar Hamatanos, Haviakonim Hamakablim. The Kornim get. They get all the things that we just listed. Chawa and Bikurim and, and Rashis Hagaze. All of them. The Kanim Nostim Brachali Yisrael. Here they're giving a bracha. Why is that called one of the matnas kahuna? And if it's because Hashem always gives a bracha to those who give a bracha, but it doesn't say that in the Pasuk. In the Pasuk it says that they're giving a bracha. Says the Shem and in one line. Beautiful. The ability to give a bracha to a fellow Jew, that itself is the greatest bracha in the world. What bracha is only our assets? A bracha is only measured by a financial stake? A bracha is measured by what we have. Says the Shem the Pshat of Rabbeinu Bachai, the ability to give a fellow Jew a bracha is the greatest bracha that we could have. Right, we go to a great tzaddik, we go to our Rebbe to, uh, to ask them for a bracha. Why? Because we know that they have something that we don't have. They have special connections upstairs. So yes, that is a great bracha. It's not a physical bracha. It's not like truma or reishas hagez or any, any other of the physical items that we give the kohanim. But the ability to give a bracha to a fellow Jew, that is the greatest gift in the world. And that's what Hashem gives to the Kohanim. Part one of Rabbeinu Bachai's message. But then the Shem continues and says, I have another idea though. We just said before, what's the connection between Sota and Nazir? So let's go one step further. A question that Chazal don't ask, but says the Shem will ask it. What's the connection between Nazir and Berchaz Kohanim? That's the next juxtaposition in the Torah. We have Sota Nazir. Okay, we did that one. Nazir Berchas Kohanim. What's the connection between a Nazir and Berchas Kohanim? Continues the Shem here in source number seven. Vahanira, line 13. We can learn from here that if you really want to be able to give a bracha, one has to minimize their own self or their self. The greater we minimize ourselves, the greater we're able to be mavarech others. Says the, and that a nazir is the symbol of someone who minimizes themselves, who doesn't focus on himself. He's mamait in wine, in, in uh, anything related to grapes, and beauty, physical beauty. One minimizes, that's a lead-in to birchas kohanim. Where do we know this from? None other than Shabbos itself. What is the greatest day of bracha of the week? Shabbos. It's a day that we don't do any malacha. The second that we withhold, that we prevent, that we stop, then we're able to have the bracha of Shabbos. As the, 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 the Medr says, come up with Shabbos, Isa, fourth to last line. Berchu baman, v'kitshu baman. The bracha of the man, the sanct- it's sanctified with the man. We're mevatel all of our physical actions, so we get the most. Shabbos takes care of the Jew. Amazing. The only day that the Jews did not go out to gather the man was the day that they had plenty to eat. 
because Hashem takes care. But says Hashem Anatov, that's what is the message for life. As long as we're mamait ourselves, we are then able to transfer that to others. We know Hashem is in charge. Turning over to source eight, in that way we are able to give. So if you think about it, the Kohanim, a nausea, but also Kohanim, Kohanim have no chalik uh, in Eretz Yisrael. They're minimized in terms of their physical assets. You know, sometimes we think, a Kohen, oh, he has so much stuff. He has truma, he has truma's miser, he has bikur. We give the Kohen everything. You know why? He has no fields of his own. That's why. In the larger sense, the Kohenim have less. That's why they're the most roi to give a bracha. Because the less focus on oneself, the more focus on the ability to be able to be mevarech others. And that goes by anything. Not only the, the ability to be mevarech, the ability to do chesed, the chulu. But that's the connection between nazir and bracha, and the message of ko, how it's a great bracha to be able to have the ability to give a bracha. Okay, moving right along. Again, a lot of different messages related to Birchas Kohanim based on the different Midrashim. Another great idea from the Ksav Sofer. We've mentioned this in a Rosh Hashanah here in the past, but here it is in Parshas Naso. Ko Savarach was B'nai Yisrael. Said the Ksav Sofer, the great son of the Chassam Sofer. Source number nine. This is what you should give to B'nai Yisrael, this bracha. Says the Medrash, Omru Yisrael of Nekadosh Baruch Hu. The B'nai Yisrael say to Hashem, L'Kohanim Ata'omer, Shivarchu Otanu. Hashem, you want the Kohanim to give us a bracha? Not interested. We want your bracha, God. We don't want a bracha from a human being. We want a bracha from you. We want to get the bracha from you, not from your servants. Hashem answers, Okay, fine. Even though the Kohanim are, I, I tell the Kohanim to give you a bracha, ani omeid umavarecheschem, I'm going to be with them also. And that's the makar, as we know, for not looking at the hands of the Kohanim, because the Shechina, it's a, the Kohanim are just the Kalim. They're the pipeline. Hashem is really giving us a bracha. Through the Kohanim. And that's the Medrash. Ask the Ksav Sofer. He's bothered by exactly, if Hashem tells the Kohanim, and the Kohanim, like, give us a bracha. Is it so bad to get a bracha from the Kohanim? They're the servants of God. Wouldn't they know, like, what God would want? Wouldn't they, you know, know his zone? So what exactly was the root of the complaint of the Jews? We don't want a bracha from the Kohanim. We want a bracha from you. Question one. Secondly, he's bothered. The language of the Medrash. Second line. What's the language? Ein anu srichim. We don't need. What do you mean we don't need? It should be ein anu rotsim. We don't want. We don't want the bracha of the kohanim. What do you mean ein anu srichim? Right, line four. Habilelameimar. It should have said ein anu rotsim. Oh, oh, anu rotsim. We want your bracha, not we don't want theirs. What's the pshat? Says the ksav sofer in insight into our davening every single day of our life. There's one word in our Shemona Esrei that the Ksav Sofer is going to give us an insight to that hopefully we could take for the rest of our lives. Then Nero Lee, line six. 
Hine. Adam Osher. Very often, you know, we bless someone with wealth, Arichas Yamim, the Kavid Vechadome. We always give brachas. Let's see if somebody speaks at a simcha. So we wish the person all this. We always give brachas to each other. And the person wants to hear that. He wants Osher and Kavid and all good things. But, But often, sometimes, something that we think is a bracha doesn't turn out to be a bracha. How often do we see people who get wealthy overnight and it doesn't turn out so well for them? Right? We just have to look at the the, the non-Jewish certain industries where you have you know people who are extremely young that become millionaires and basically two years later their life is ruined. So having osher, having anything, it doesn't automatically mean that it's a good thing. We daven for a certain job. We daven for a certain event to occur. Do we know for sure that this is what's best for us? Do we know for sure that HaKadosh Baruch Hu also agrees we have no idea. We hope so. We think so. But we don't know for sure. Ultimately, a human being does not know what's good for them. We think we know what's good for us. But we don't know. That's why, says the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, says the Ksav Sofer, beautiful, line 9, Don't make your tefillah set. Make it compassion. What does that mean? It means when we ask Hashem for something, don't demand one specific thing. Davin, but then create also the flexibility of Hashem, but you know if this is not good for me, then don't, don't listen to anything I said. You know, we just want to add that in to make sure that, that we're covered. What does it mean? Don't make something set. Like I'm, I'm demanding something from my friend. And I'm telling you, no. No. Right? Sometimes a child is demanding from a parent something that they, they, they need it. I need this. The parent knows that it's bad for the kid. The parent knows that it'll take this kid away from his studies. It'll take him. It'll be a bad thing for the child. The child thinks that this is the best thing in my life, and my parents are the worst thing that ever happened. But ultimately, the parents know better. The same thing with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. We often daven for things, but we don't ultimately know what's good for us. The Sofatuga. That's why the Mishnah says in Perkiyavos, Altas Filasvakeva. Sheyutan Davar Zebevadai. Don't ask her for certain. Ella, Hashem, you know what's good, right? You know what's good. That's what we say every day in Shemona Esrei. We want Hashem to be Mechabal or Tfilas. But what do we say? V'kabel berachamim uveratzon as Tfilas enu. Don't just accept our Tfilas because maybe it's, it's not the best. I daven because I think this is what's good for me. Atachonein, Revanyenu, Rifaenu, all these barachaleinu. But then Hashem, you ultimately know. We say in Shemakaleinu, with compassion. Accept it with compassion. Rabbi Salvatric writes in a different place. We mentioned this in the forest. He says, you know how hard I davened in Europe that I wouldn't have to leave Europe? Do you know how hard I davened? Baruch Hashem, Hashem didn't answer my tefillahs the way I wanted and I ended up in America. Baruch Hashem, he says, what would have happened if I would have stayed in Europe? Rahman al-Litzlan. So we don't always know. That's an extreme case. But says the Ksav Sofer, that's what it means. The Jews, B'nai Yisrael, say to Hashem, we don't need the Tbrachas of the Kohanim. 
Wait, we don't need it. Because they have no idea what's good for us or not. We need your brachos. Only from you. Hashem says, don't worry, I'm telling them what to say. Yivarecha Hashem Yishmarecha are so global, universal words that they include the bracha that I say is going to work. I don't tell the Kohanim, say whatever you think is a bracha. I give them the words. Yivarecha Hashem Yishmarecha, Hashem gives the words to the Kohanim, and in that way, it's really coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what he says, line 16. Hashem, we want your bracha, and that is why we have these global, all-inclusive words, Yivarecha, Hashem, Yishmarecha, and we have Hashem's name in each one, because it's really HaKadosh Baruch Hu taking care of it, Hashem being behind the scenes. We don't want to box ourselves in. We say, every Shmona Esri. Okay, as we continue, two more thoughts. Two more thoughts for the uh, for the Shia. First, another another connection to Ko. The Medrash tells us you had it. We had it quoted before. The Shem and Atov quoted the Balaturim, and the uh, Azayim Latara also quotes Ko Ko when it says here. Again, let's read it. Ko was Yisrael. That's related to the Akedah. Avram Avinu. Vahani vahanar nelcha ad ko. We're going to go till here. And after that, and later on, Avram Avinu was promised by Hashem, ko yia zaracha. So will be your children. Ask the Aznayin Latorah of Sarutskin. Is this just a word game? Right, Ko, give the bracha, going back to Avram Avinu, there obviously has to be a deeper connection between Avram Avinu and Ko Yezaracha. What's going on here? Question one. Question two. The Zayin Torah, besides the Sefer Zayin Torah that he wrote out Chomish, he also has a three-volume drusha set called Hadeya Vahadibur. So on our Pasuk, he refers to what he writes in Tadeh Vadibur. He says, look there, because I wrote it a little more expansively. So you have in front of you, in source number 10 and 11, the more expansive treatment of Rav Sarotskin on our Pasuk, and then the actual Rav Sarotskin we have in source number 13 coming up. But says Rav Sarotskin, let me ask another question. Okay, question one was, what is it, a word game with Avram Avinu? Question two. What is a bra- how does a bracha work anyway? It's a fundamental question. Why should a bracha work? Somebody says, I give you a bracha. Do I deserve it or do I not deserve it? If I deserve it, I don't need your bracha. If I don't deserve it, how's your bracha going to help? So what is, how does a bracha work anyway? A fundamental question. Throughout the Torah, we have brachas and klalas. Right, we have Bilam and we have Avram and, and, and Yaakov and Esav. Brachas play an important role. So the question is, how does a bracha work anyway? Hadeva Hadibur. Line 12, source number 10. Hashem says to the Kohanim, What does this mean? If you fulfill the Torah, you're going to get a bracha. If you violate, you're not going to get a bracha. So what? How does a bracha work? How does it work? And this question you can ask on all the brachas in the Torah. Why is it? 
Why is it? How is it that a bracha works? Says Rav Saratskin. Logical, a logical pshat. How does a bracha work? Says Rav Saratskin in the top of uh, eleven. I go to a, I go to my rebbe to get a bracha. It's not that the bracha is some magic. There are different ways to explain it, but this is his way to explain it. It's not that there's something magical. But when I go to a great tzaddik to get a bracha, I am inspired by being in that tzaddik's presence. Sometimes, hopefully, we have a Rebbe that we're close enough to that when we're next to the Rebbe or when we hear a shear from the Rebbe, we're like inspired. We're like, whoa, that's amazing. That's great. We become better people by being in the presence of the one giving us the bracha. That's how it works. When the Rebbe believes in me and wishes me and gives me a bracha, I become a better person automatically. Obviously, this wouldn't work if there was no individual connection between the Mavarech and the Zvarech. Something we discussed last week by Moshe and, uh, and every one of the Jews. But says Rav Saratskin, that's how a bracha works. The Mavarech inspires the Misbarech. The one getting a bracha is inspired by the Mavarech. And in that way, he raises his spiritual level. And that's why he's zoche to the bracha. Not because, it's not magic. Says the Rav Sarotskin, I'm in the presence of my Rebbe. Ki amizbarech, top of 11. Al yedei karvuso le'isho elokim amavarech. By being close to the great godly heavenly person who's giving me the bracha, misromem lamala. I am self, I myself, I am raised up. Ki amavarech mashpia alav shefa kedusha. Uma over boas kochos atov. I'm inspired to do better. Hatsfunimbo. It's already in me. Lizgabro Yitzro. Vazmeanakel. And that is why he answers another question along the way. If you look in the Midrashim on this Pasik, this is line eleven through line thirty-two, there are Midrashim that say the Birchas Khanim are material brachas. Money and cattle and all great things in our pocket. And there are Midrashim that say it's spiritual brachas. You should have Avas Hashem and you're at Shemayim and all spiritual. How could it be both? Says Rav Saratskin. Because you go to the Mavarech. You're inspired to act better. You're spiritually uplifted. So then Mamela, Kaddish Baruch gives you Gashmias also. Because as a reward, But Malkosh. Line 17. Line 21. Gashmias. The brachos, the gashmias brachos, cannot happen until you fulfill the ruchnias potential. Line 25. And through that we're zochet to all the brachos. This is part one. We didn't finish it yet. But so far, how does a bracha work? I'm inspired by the Mavarech. I become inspired. I'm zochet to the brachas that the Mavarech is giving me. And that's how a bracha works. But continues now, says the Deya Bahadibur. There's one worry though. I could have all the brachas in the world, but there's something that every Jew thinks about. What about my kids? Is it going to be passed down to my children? That is something that is so part of a Jew 
a person's life. Remember the story in Brachas Tafyud, Chizkiyahu HaMelech didn't even want to have a child because he saw Baruch HaKodesh that his child was going to be wicked. So he says to Yeshayahu, not interested. Yeshayahu says to him, that's not your business. You have to do what you have to do and the rest is up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But the, the worry, the nervous, the concern that we have for our children, you know, so we can have all the Brachas in the world. But if we don't think that future generations are going to follow us, then it's just not worth it. Says Rev Saratskin, that's the connection to Avram Avinu. What did Avram Avinu ask? Avram Avinu asked by the Brisbane Abbasarim, how do I know it's going to be passed on to my children? I'm going to choose you, Avram, and you're going to be my Eved. But who says it's going to be passed down? Line 33. The Medrash is bothered in what schus to call Yisrael, get this bracha. And what are we saying the bracha is right now? The Kohanim are our leaders. When they give us a bracha, we're going to be inspired to do better. We're going to get all the brachas. In what schus did Hashem set up this whole system that we're going to have a mevarech and a mizvarech? Bishus Avram Avinu. Who was Avram Avinu? He was the first Jew, but he was also the first Jew who worried about his kids. He was the first Jew who asked Hashem, what's going to be? Give me a guarantee. That love, that concern that he had. Line 40. That is what laid the groundwork and the schus for us later on to be able to be zochef to the brachas that the that the Kohanim give us. And he answers a couple of other questions along the way, but this is, this is Rasuruskin's idea, and it's also said in short in, Hadeh, in Zion LaTorah, in Source 13, on our Parsha, where he also explains why sometimes we're compared to sand, sometimes compared to stars. Avinu says, I don't want sand, I want stars. And each one has an, has an element that the other one doesn't have, but he uses those Midrashim to Hashem's guarantee that Hashem will take care of him. Okay, one final point for this evening. We'll end off with an itzif. Obviously, the second half of, of Naso, which makes it the longest parsha, are all the Nesim. We've discussed in past years, why does the Torah have to list off each and every Nasi, being that they gave the same exact karbanos? What do we need each one listed for? We've touched on that in past years. But we'll end off with one more thought from the Nitziv, who notes, as is obvious, but he notes that every bracha that the Kohanim give us is double. There are really two brachas in every one. There are three psukim, and each bracha is double. Yivarech Hashem, v'yishmarecha. Yor Hashem v'nevilecha, v'chunecha. Yisa Hashem v'nevilecha, v'yasim l'chashala. What's the double message of Birchas Kohanim that that uh, we have to appreciate? And again, for those of us who are not Kohanim, these ideas are even more important because we will never be able to do the mitzvah actually of Berchas Kohanim. So we have to learn about the mitzvah and appreciate the mitzvah. There is a Sefer Haredim, quoted the first Biralacha in Hilfas Berchas Kohanim, quotes the Sefer Haredim, that there's a mitzvah for the Yisraelim to be misbarech. Besides the mitzvah for the Kohanim to be mivarech, it's a mitzvah for us to get the bracha. Fine. But the Nitziv here discusses what is the double. Says the Nitziv, let's focus on each one. First one. What is that bracha? Source 14. 
The Nitziv says, the Nitziv says, the first bracha, Yibrach Hashem, is whatever we are involved in in our life, we should have plenty of it. We should have plenty of it. The word bracha, we know, is from the word brecha, a pool, overflowing. That's what a bracha is. What do we say every, every day baracha, in every bracha? Baracha to Hashem. What, we're giving Hashem a bracha? Hashem needs our bracha? No, it means that Hashem's presence should overflow. Baruch atah Hashem. So bracha is overflowing. So if we are in, you know, uh, a certain parnasa, we should have plenty of whatever we need in the parnasa. If we are, uh, you know, this, whatever we are, we should, we should be great at it. We should feel good about it. It should be plenty. If we're in Torah, we should have a lot of Torah. Whatever it is. We should have. That's Yivarecha Hashem, part one. But then says, and that's what he gives examples. Habracha teilafi habracha shen isbarech adko laosek b'tor b'limuto laosek b'mischar b'mischaro. The merchant should have a lot of merchandise. The the lamdit should have a lot of limud. That's all Yivarecha Hashem. But then v'yishmarecha. This is relating to what we discussed a few minutes ago. It should be good for the person, though. As we mentioned, often if we have a lot of something, it's not always good. Right? A lot of money isn't a great bracha. There is a line in Chazal. The nisayon of affluence is even more difficult of a challenge than the nisayon of poverty. Right? Which one has to realize. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have any nisayon. But that's what it says. But it says the Nitziv, that's the Vishmarecha, line 10. To call bracha bo yishmira. Every bracha needs a guard. Right, if somebody's a lamdin, well, if he has a, if all of a sudden he comes up with tremendous chidushim, maybe it'll go to his head. All of a sudden he'll think, he'll, I'm the greatest Rosh Hashim in the world. You know, I'll think, you know, you should have, everybody has to give me covid, and I should get the bracha achrita, and I can't believe, and I should get shlishi. Having a lot of Torah, it doesn't automatically make a person a uh, tzaddik gone. So, no matter what, every bracha needs shmir. That's v'recha Hashem. Hashem should give you a bracha in every one of your uh, areas for yishmarecha, and it should be good for you. Next, what's the next pasuk? Building yoer Hashem panavilecha. Hashem should show, should shine His face on you. What does that mean? What's that bracha? What should we think about when we hear that? Says the Nitziv, the first bracha that we have everything we need in life. It should be clear to all that it came from Hashem. That's what it means. Hashem should show his face on us. It should be clear that I'm a servant of God and everything I have is recognized that it's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shahakol yiru sha'alecha zoreach Hashem v'lo shezeu atzlachas hamazal. People shouldn't think that, oh, it just, it's because I'm so great. Because it just happens. Yor Hashem pana v'lecha en v'chuneka. Hashem should show favor to you. What is that adding? Explains the Nitziv based on what we just said. It's all a build-up. The first, you should have a lot of whatever you need and whatever you're in, in, involved in. Your Hashem, it should be clear that it comes from Hashem, Vichuneka. If it's clear that it comes from Hashem, people are going to come to you to David for them. People are going to come to ask you for a bracha. So you know what, Vichuneka? Hashem should show you favor and answer your tfilos. For all of those who come to you for help. You should have help in helping others. That's vichuneka. Kabbalah satfila. Right, who was the one that ultimately helped others the most? Yosef. Yosef kept finding Chain. Who else in Tanakh found Chain? Esther Hamalka. Chain, and she was the one that helped others. 
Right? Chain is a midah. Vakadosh Baruch Hu is Matzah Chain. And we have to be Matzah Chain in his eyes. That's the first two. We have Yerachacha and we have Ya'er. Finally, Yisa Hashem Panav Elecha. What is Panim? Panim here says the Nitziv means the Midos of Hashem. Everything that we are given should be with Rachamim, with Chesed. It should be given to us softly, not Rahman al-Islam with Yisurin, not with Nisyonos. It should be given to us from God's grace, not begrudgingly, not because, oh, we don't really deserve it, but he's going to give it to us because of Schus Avos. We should get it, B'Shepa, and finally, the ultimate bracha, because without Shalom, there is nothing, as Chazal say, the last Mishnah in Shas talks about the bracha of Shalom. So we have to realize, says the Nitziv, the Yasin Lacha Shalom, that is the basis of it all. Shalom between Jews, Shalom between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael, that is something that we have to daven for, that is the bracha that we are given. So, says the Nitziv, A, we should have plenty of whatever we want, and it should be good for us. B, it should be clear that it's from Hashem, and we should be able to use that power to help others. C, it should come to us with Rachamim and Chesed of Hashem, and ultimately we should be Zochet to the Bracha of Shalom. So, we should all be Zochet to those Brachas, and Bel Hashem, we will continue in the coming weeks.